podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. 150 years of Children's National Hospital. 150 years of groundbreaking research. Of exceptional healthcare for kids. Of helping families like mine and yours. 150 years stronger with your help. Please give today. Visit childrensnational.org slash 150 years. That's childrensnational.org slash 150 years. All this week on NBC4, new products to new technology. Susan Hogan is showing you how local restaurants are changing the way we dine in and take out in this new world. Tonight at 6. A new twist on outdoor eating. A lot of it is creating flexibility. How one local restaurant is making their outdoor space mobile, giving you plenty of sunshine and social distance for a stress-free meal. It's all part of restaurant revitalization. Tonight at 6 on NBC4, working for you. Good evening, everyone. It's the Fat Pack 4. It's episode 15. Liverpool 1, Everton 1. You start to wish the fucking snow did turn up, don't you? Um, I'm your host, Gav. Ian, Grizz and Keith are with me this evening to go through this. Um, and straight into it. Uh, Ian, I always come to you first and I'm not going to change it this week. The lineup through everyone. It really through everyone, but... The way I looked at it was we had enough on the pitch to to do the job. And we, we nearly doing the job. Um how did you feel about it when you seen it come out? Yeah, I, I was a little a little surprised, but really you shouldn't be surprised by Klopp's team sheets at the moment because he's pulling at least one or two rabbits out of the aff for every game, isn't he? Uh I, I fancied Coutinho to start on the left because I did think he'd play with three central midfielders, like out and out central midfielders. But I didn't think he'd drop Firmino. Certainly didn't think he'd start Solanke. That's a huge like statement of intent of, of what he, how much he rates him as a player to start him up front. But mate, I know it, it's a results business in it. But results aside, I thought Liverpool played really well. I, even at like sixty minutes gone and stuff, I was really, really enjoying the game. I was enjoying the game before we scored. It was just. It was like we were playing a lower-level championship side. I mean, they couldn't get out the box. We were just all over the pitch. We were hunting in packs. Uh, I was really enjoying, like, Robertson at left-back with his, his delivery. I, would, I thought Gomez was outstanding. I thought Clavin played really well. Do you know what I mean? And then I just thought, yeah, this is good. This is, this is, this is how I want to play. And all right. You keep missing chances, you keep missing chances, you keep missing chances, or making bad decisions. There's a chance it will bite you on the arse. Sometimes it does, you know what I mean? And today was one of those days, but I'm not overly despondent from it. The the other results in the other fixtures, I haven't done us any any harm. I'm not going to lose my shit over it and go mad over Klopp's team selection, because for the last three or four games, he's done exactly the same stuff, and we've been smashing sides left, right and centre. And if you put that same side out again tomorrow... We'd, we'd score five. Do you know what I mean? We, we really was, like, so much better than them. I think we had just under 80% possession, possibly even just over 80%. Do 
against a Premier League side. Do you mean I, the result is frustrating as shit? Don't get me wrong. But I was really happy with how they played. I think once they took the lead, sorry, once they equalised, I thought we could have done a bit more. We maybe lost a bit of momentum with the substitutions. But I'm not overly despondent, mate. You know what I mean? It's it's only a point. But the the performance was there, and like I say, the other results went our way. So we've actually gained points on the two sides around us. So it's not really that bad at the end of the day. No, it's not too bad when you look at everything else that's gone on. Um, Arsenal draw today. Um, Chelsea lose yesterday. United get beaten by City who are off and away. Forget about them. Um, they're not even in the conversation we're in. Um, Keith, I'll come to you next. Allardyce would have set up all week for Liverpool's Fab Four, as they keep calling them. Um, and Klopp double bluffs them and goes or something. Yeah. Well, not even half the Fab Four turned up. Um, Firmino is, is out supposedly fatigued um, Solanke is in and uh, Coutinho was out as well with Oxley chamberlain coming in but um, is there a little bit of hindsight here that says you know what we could have put them on for the first hour and put this game to bed to be honest mother time is not sentimental at the end of the day and as romantic as it may have been that we'd have these players playing in the derby and everybody's expecting us to put our strongest 11 out. There must have been good, good reasons why Jurgen Klopp didn't decide to go for the Fab Four again. And Firmino, fatigue, we saw what fatigued Firmino uh, can bring us during this time of the this time last season. And he was completely off form, wasn't scoring us any goals, you know, was really, really, really just n- nothing could go right. And he looked at, lacked an extra bit of sharpness, an extra bit of pace. Coutinho, his injury record speaks for itself. The guy cannot go more than a couple of games without picking up a little nigger or a little knock here and there. So if Klopp chose that after getting us through to the Champions League, which made, which we needed more, to play a team that ultimately should have beaten Everton, in all honesty. That team, that eleven, was more than capable of beating a team who, quite frankly, are a mid-table team at best. And like you quite rightly said, we've been smashing teams left, right and centre with teams where some positions you'd question and say they were second string picks. So there was nothing to suggest that we couldn't have done the same against Everton. And we completely dominated them in the first half, especially. They couldn't touch us, couldn't even get the ball. And this was with all the players that people usually bark on about letting us down, like your Hendersons and Milners. They all played pretty well, kept the ball really, really well, cut them open from time to time, and the goal was just an, an inevitable... It was inevitable that we were going to score. So I, 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 don't, I don't think it was a bad selection at all. And I, to be perfectly honest with you, I've seen a Le- Liverpool's 11s in the past couple of years where I've looked at it and think, fucking hell, do you know what? I don't know, let's see where this team's going to create any sort of chances <laughs> or goals, right? I've seen some fucking terrible ones, especially these last couple of years. So to see a team that was put out with Salah, with, um, Salah Mane, you've got your midfield um, of Henderson, Milner, Chamberlain, all English internationals at the end of the day. Back four seems to have picked itself. You know, okay, Solanke might have been the only one you could have questioned, but... Even he's decent. I mean, if they can play Calvay Lewin, why can't they bring Solanke into this game? Do you know what I mean? So, I was quite happy with that eleven overall. Yeah, to be honest with you, um, like I've made this point over the last couple of weeks that Liverpool fans want us to be 
challenging for titles, you know, going deep in the Champions League, maybe the FA Cup, and but at the same time they don't seem to have any faith beyond their favourite eleven. So this was a real test of, their, of it today, where the likes of Robertson come in, Milner come into centre midfield, although he's played a good bit, you know, with different positions as the season's progressed. Um, you have Solanke coming in, which was a big call. I like him as a player though, and I think he might, have, you know, it might have been an idea that he'd work well against those kind of physical centre backs. Um, Grizz. The lads have touched on Liverpool and the lineup and the way we've gone about it. I'd like to put everything to you, and um, I thought Allardyce was going to be defensive, but my God, that was. If Everton fans are happy to go and watch that most weeks, I've no sympathy for them. I really don't, because that was just fucking outrageous what they tried to do today. Do you know what? <clears throat> when I saw the lineups. Yeah, it was a bit of a shock at our one in terms of, you know, I didn't expect those changes. We, we, we expected a few changes, maybe a couple. But as you said, when I saw the Everton lineup, I don't know if you remember, I WhatsApped in the group, we're smashing these. Because that lineup was atrocious from, um, what's his name? Allardyce. Sa- Sam. Sam, Sam, Sam Allardyce. Allardyce. Aladici, maybe. Well, for now, bollocks, <laughs> bollocks to all that Aladici, because it's it's you have to really watch that first half, and you have to realize this is a, a Premiership or Premier League derby. Sorry, we're playing Everton, our fiercest rivals. Okay, they're supposed to have uh, have a decent squad this season. Sam Allardyce in charge. It's always going to be tricky. It's always going to be tough. Doesn't matter what the what the form going into these type of games are, where you are in the position, what position you are in the league, right? They're not uh, a second division team or a first division team, right? But we made them look so poor in that first half. I don't want to care anyone says. Our midfield were all over them. We had swarmed all over them. We weren't making the clear-cut chances like we normally do. But that's to be expected when you're sort of rotating your forwards as much as we have recently. But there was plenty. They were embarrassing in that first half in terms of what they tried to do and what they tried to implement. Our crowd couldn't stop laughing at every Jordan Pickford kick that just went upfield. Oof. Every back pass just woof into no one. Right, Wayne Rooney uh, playing right right wing back, was it almost? And you had um, Sigurdsson playing left wing back. And, that, and that, was it Niasi playing left wing back? Something like that. It was atrocious. It was poor. Our goal was coming. It's just the frustration of it at the end of the day when you know that the only time and I don't know the stats. I haven't had a chance to look at the, the stat nerds that are on Twitter, sort of what kind of figures they've come out with with this one. But I'll be very surprised if Everton reached our half, our penalty area, or how many touches they had in our penalty area, apart from the penalty itself. Because I think, I think, just on the top of my head, I think we may have a record for the least amount of touches in our box in a Merseyside derby. Yeah, you might be right. Um, when the Liverpool team came out, um, yeah, it surprised me. I think the back four, it was a toss-up between Milner and Robertson. He goes with Robertson because he obviously goes with Milner in the middle of midfield. Um, and Solanke is probably the one that, that surprises us all. 
But I thought, you know what? No, have faith in the squad. Have faith in the team. Um, he's setting them up. He's had a couple of days to look at this, and this is the way he's going with it. When I looked at Everton, I thought it's going to be defensive. But I thought with with Nias up front, or supposedly up front, they were going to try to hit him and get Calvert Leon off him down the channels. I thought maybe the the Sigerson and Rooney would be the one to try hold the ball when they get hold of it. But they just had nothing about them. They had no interest in playing. From tip-off, they just launched it at Liverpool's goal, you know, up the pitch as far away from there as they could. And it was it was ultra Sam Allardyce. It really was. Do you remember when we we, we smashed them? Was it 4-1 or 5-1 a, few, a couple of seasons ago? Ian, you might remember. 4-0. Or something. Was it 4-0 when the, when, when, when the, when the famous uh, sort of scoreboard... Uh, was showing sort of how many, tra- or sorry, the caption on Sky Sports of how yeah, many chances we had. Was it 4-0? Yeah, last I, season. I, I'd like to know the difference in stats from that game to this game, apart from, the obviously, the goals and against Column. You know, yeah, I think... Yeah. Well, I, 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 know, th- I know I know, we're, we're somewhere around closing in on 80% possession for the game, but um, it's just, you know, but having said all this about lineups and, and stuff like that, Ian, um, and the way Everton have approached it, you know, they were always going to do it. I didn't think they were going to be that defensive. I thought they were going to be really solid, you know, look to get a ball forward, look to try, you know, get bits and pieces, second balls, Milner and Henderson have to be really on their game. But they literally just weren't interested, really. And for a team that goes around saying they spent all this money and they're billionaires and they're, and this may come across to sound kind of bitter, but it's not. What I'm trying to say is, this is what Sam Allardyce is going to give to them, and this is what they're going to have to get used to for the majority of this season. Now. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't surprised. I mean, I don't pay much attention to. If, if I mean, it sounds like a like an insult. Well, like it is an insult. I hate them, but if we're playing a good side, I'll check their side and I think right, who's going to hurt us? If we're playing a shit side, I don't even bother looking at their eleven. I just think right who's on our side and how are we going to get this done? Do you know what I mean? And I didn't check their team, really. Like, I saw it when it came up on the telly and I didn't really pay it much attention. I expect Fat Sam to play that way. He's vile. He's a vile man. I can state the man, honestly. Seen someone write on Twitter the other day that he brushes his teeth with seafood sauce. And I was just like, <laughs> yeah, I'm having that. I'm having that. So, so I'm not surprised. I mean, they spent £50 million on Sigurdsson. And, they, like... Chris just said there, he played him at wing-back today. He must just be thinking when he, when he got told his instructions, fucking hell, do you know what I mean? I'm a number 10, or I'm an average number 10, but I'm still a number 10, and I'm playing wing-back. I, I think once he gets a few of his own players in, he, might, he mightn't be as bad as he was today. But he's, I wasn't surprised by, by what they'd done at all. Like any, any Evan, Well, the week before he signed... Every Everton fan in the country was livid. And now they all think he's fucking Pep Guardiola. Do you know what I mean? But, yeah, he's the Messiah now, yeah. Yeah. He, it, it, there wasn't tactics at all. It was just, right, let's get everyone everyone back and just twat it. I, just, I felt a bit sorry for that Calvin Lewis. Because uh, he's got no chance on that side. He's actually an all right little player. But he's wasted on that side. He needs to leave. Like. But you know what the he, saddest reality is, though? The saddest reality is that his plan ultimately worked. And, yeah, as did, much yeah. as we, and as much as we hate on him for that, like, he literally hasn't, he, uh, at this moment in time, seems to have no faith in this Everton squad to make them do that. 
But what he did know was that if you hit the ball up to Lovren, anything can happen. And that was that's, I think, probably what's the most frustrating part yeah. and why people are so blowing up so much over Twitter about it. It's because of that. Do you know what I mean? That's all, that's all it took. And that's almost a system. That's an issue that's been, not systematic, but issue that's been going on for some time. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what, lads? Um, you know, the first half is just wave upon wave of Liverpool play. It's um, attack, attack, attack. It's you know, just a couple of half chances, blocked shots, we're on top, we're dominating possession, and they're just, as, as we've said before, they've no interest, and to be honest with you, I'm going to have to go straight to the goal, because there is bits and pieces that goes on, but the goal lights up the game, Keith, I'll come to you on it, um, the ball breaks, um, Gomez gets a plays a nice pass in, and Salah just, well look, you can talk me through it, because it's a phenomenal goal, it's a few. Hold on, hold on, did Gomez get the assist? Sorry. Yeah, 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 yes. yeah. Gomez got the assist. Yeah. Oh, lovely. Oh, lovely. Carry on. <laughs> and you know what the beautiful thing about it is? I oh, love that. Love that. Salah <laughs> 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 got me the goal. FPL as well. I was. Oh, this beautiful finish. And shout out to Salah for getting me eleven points in the FPL. Do you know what? At the end of the day, we have a player in our hands that can make something out of nothing and can make these type situations turn in our favour and. You know, we need to take advantage of this more often. We need to win games 1-0 sometimes where all we need is a bit of magic and that's it, that game done, do you know what I mean? But I want to talk a little bit about Gomez because he's been doing that. I say he's been doing that even when he was playing at left-back right at the beginning. His ability to pass a ball dead straight, dead accurate on the floor is quality. He doesn't need to really whip him in. His quiz, quiz ability to pick out a pass is brilliant and he always manages to fizz it into the feet of Salah and Salah did the rest so I've got to give major shout outs he, he, he definitely earned that because he does that a lot and honestly Gomez we have a player on our hands and, and ironically it's a defender and we've been crying out for him for years and finally we have one he's, he's unbelievable he is unbelievable and it, um, it's my view that he stays at right back and he plays the majority of games at right back this season um, Trent will yeah. come in for certain games but I think he should be brought in for the majority of games, let him make his little mistakes there and then and you you bring him on to centre half for the for the following season. He's getting um, a great education in that Absolutely, position. absolutely. And what you do is you can stay you can you can stagger it where he goes in and, and forwards his education at centre half next season. Hopefully with we'll one or probably two more new signings in there and Trent then comes in and takes that place at right back where he educates himself for a season because he's even younger. Um, Grizz, I'll just come to you on the goal. Um, Salah shows touch, pace, not pace, touch, power, quick feet, um, awareness, and then he just takes the wand of a left foot and just decides, now I'm putting it there and that's fucking it. I'm not having anything else. I, I, I read somewhere uh, yesterday, someone, sorry, I think Ian read it as well at the same time, where someone said that our front three, the difference between our current front three and our the 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 triple S partnership uh, of thirteen fourteen, the difference is um, none of our current ones can make a goal for themselves. <laughs> yeah, it was just a ridiculous shout. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't sleep that night. I mean, I struggled <laughs> to sleep the last time. I couldn't. I could not sleep. And just to see something like that is is. It was actually beautiful. Do you remember when he scored another? He scored against uh, Southampton, was it? A similar, similar goal, similar situation. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. I, and do you remember I was not as happy about it as you guys were? I was like, oh, that's poor keeping. But all right, fair enough. Good goal. 
this yeah, that one... was just after, that was just after your birthday, and you've yeah, changed this... since your birthday. No, 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 I'm no, I'm, no, no, I'm different now. I've changed the game because this was this was unstoppable. This was beautiful. The way yeah, he I touches think, it, goes, I, this. So go on. I I think you done that part on an empty stomach that night. That's what I think it was. Yeah, I've had a couple of custard creams this one, and yes, yeah, I have. And I feel and I feel uh, and I feel much better. But listen, yeah. sublime. Absolutely sublime, this one. This is one of those goals where you just... I smiled. I mean, everyone was going mad. You know, I just sat there and smiled. And my boy looked at me and said, Dad, why are you smiling like that? And I said, son, you you know, when you're admiring, you realise... Yeah, you'll realise <laughs> I can't move and I can't celebrate because <laughs> I'm too fat. And you'll realise oh, that's the reason I'm sat there smiling. Because it's just Turn one of those moments where you just... Oh, it, it, is, it was a beautiful moment, that goal. And the thing is, we weren't creating clear-cut chances, but we were getting in really good positions. And it was just around the corner. And the relief, because we knew this is what we needed, the game needed it, this is exactly... they, You know, this is where we take control and hit them on the counter and win this 2-3-0. And you're probably, probably going to get onto it if it wasn't for... You know, one of the worst decisions I've seen on a football pitch in, in a long time. That game was that game was ours. But yeah, Mo Salah. I mean, that's become the norm for him, isn't it? I think that goal went as as that goal went in. I think news emanated. He's one African footballer of the year or something. Keith, did you read that? I did indeed. I did yeah, indeed. So I Congratulations. As the, goal, as the goal hit the net, I think he, in Africa somewhere they were giving him the trophy. And you know, <laughs> what, what 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 timing? In <laughs> um, party in Cairo. <laughs> yeah. Ian, um, just your take on it, um, Grizz and uh, sorry, my head's gone there. Grizz and Keith. Just your take on, on Grizz. Go on, Ian. No, this don't. Is, don't, don't. It's only a nineteen-minute podcast. <laughs> you know I mean? um, he's going to write a fucking book on his opinion on you. Um, <laughs> but Grizz and Keith have um, touched on bits and pieces about, it. and for me, it's just. The panic that sets in as soon as he shrugs off the fourth player. The panic sets in around him, and he takes full advantage. and And the finish is is unbelievable. I rate Pickford as a keeper, but he doesn't he doesn't leave him any chance, does he? No, I mean, I mean they've they've pretty much covered it. it uh, obviously, the finish is brilliant and that, but it's the determination because he's, he's second favourite to get that pass from Gomez. He just nudges that fella, shows real strength, uh, takes on that gay fella in midfield, and then just. You don't, you can't save it. He uses the defender, bends it right in the top corner, and like you say, that Pickford's a decent shot stopper. Nowhere near it at all. Um, yeah, because yeah, go on. I was just going to say when he first signed, he looked. He's always going to score your goals because he's very clever. But he wasn't beating two and three players in one movement and stuff like that. He was. It was almost like his confidence levels wasn't there. I think he needed to find that he was find within himself that he was good enough to play where he is now and now I think he realises I'm one of the best players here so if he gets the ball he's just going to do what comes natural to him and he, what did we pay for him 36 million was it something like that yeah yeah. that is mental when they've whenever and I've got a, a wing back from Finland or Iceland whatever sorry for 50 million pounds and we got Mohamed Salah for about 36 yeah FSG got no scouting department at all dog shit get them out <laughs> yeah, the thing about the goal was um, it reminded me a little bit of what Suarez would have done. He gets it, he bounces off somebody, he he beats a player, and then he uses the defender and he calls it lovely into the corner. But if only we like Suarez is 
I've heard Suarez is better than all them four players put together. So um, I don't know what, what, where we rate that solid goal then, if that's the case. But um, quicker than them all as well, apparently. Quicker, um, better hair, the whole fucking lot. You've heard it here. It's got less um, of a foreskin, everything. <laughs> fucking hell. Uh, <laughs> No, but but Ian Ian did touch on his strength. And you know what? That is very... It goes unnoticed, I think, or it's maybe underrated. Because a lot of players have tried bullying him and played really tight to him. So he doesn't get that chance to turn. Sort of, you know, and and they tried to sort of, you know, play right up against him and, and use their strength. But I tell you what, he's he's done very well and he's surprised me with his strength. I did think... Maybe that might be his weakness in terms of, and definitely we know Jose thought that might be his weakness. He might be a bit lightweight for the Premiership, but he's actually he's actually a bit of a pit bull, isn't he? I like. I it. think one of I think one of his best strengths is when he gets the ball into him. It's very hard to get it off him. Mm. I think his force touch and his strength is amazing. Um, lads, it's just before half time. There's a bit of an incident that happens. Not an incident. Yeah, it is an incident. Um, the ball breaks through. Mane goes in, he's down the left-hand channel, he's one defender between him and the goal. I think it's Salah and uh, maybe Oxlade-Chamberlain, I'm not too sure, is in the centre of the the box. And if he squares it, it's more or less 2-0. I've seen a lot of people having a go at Mane over this. My point on it would be, yeah, it's a bad bad decision. But um, I let him away with it. I think he's done enough for us where... You kind of let that one slide, but Ian, or sorry, not Ian Keith. Um, if he squares that, or if he sticks in the corner, it's game over. Or if he squares it, I think it's definitely game over. But do you let him away with it, or do you think, no, mate, you should have your head up there. You should definitely have your head up. You know what? I've got all the love for money in the world. Honestly, I do. I rate him so highly. But in that situation, world-class players finish that. You either finish or you square it. You, you, mm-hmm. you cannot miss those chances. Not in, not at this level. If you want to be considered that good, do you understand what I mean? Like he, it was a poor decision at a key moment, such a key moment. Because if that's two nil, it's game over. Absolutely no way else are Everton going to be able to get themselves back up to trying to attempt to attack us at two nil. And Sam can no longer play for the hope that he might nick a goal. So, it's, forgiveness irrelevant. You know, it's one of them ones where he can obviously. Improve, uh, show us that that was a one-off and, you know, we'll see what happens. But poor, poor, poor. Wasn't impressed by that at all. I wasn't impressed. Um, you know, he had to, maybe he had to believe in himself that he'd take her on his left foot and stick her in the corner. Uh, but Ian, when it comes down to it, I've seen people say that, you know, he's he's he's, he's lashed at it. He hasn't got his head up. And then I heard another one where he feels inferior to other players around him, so he feels he has to put it in the net rather than square it. What, where did, what, what was your take on it? Uh, what, someone said, do you think he feels inferior? Yeah, yeah. That's why yeah. he shot. Yeah, if anything. He feels, if, he, he if feels anything. as if he's in shadow. No, no, not at all. As if you think that quick in that split second, you start weighing, weighing up like you're standing amongst other players. If anything... Mm-hmm. He feels superior. That's why he hasn't passed because he thinks I can put this in and gets a little bit greedy. It's not it's not his style really. Uh, I don't. I can't remember a time this season when I've thought I'll pass the ball, you greedy bastard. You know, I've never really thought that. He's quite an unselfish player. 
in my opinion. I think they all are. I think the front four are all very, very much team players. Do you know what I mean? But he, like Keith just said there, he just he just dropped the bollock. It's it, it, it's dog shit. He, he should square it. it. It's not even his strongest foot, is it? He's right footed, really. He's predominantly right footed. So it's Ox in the middle, and then further than him, wider than him, Salah. He's got to square it at one nil. If it's three nil, four nil, go for it. Whatever. Do you know what I mean? There's no pressure. But at that stage of the game, when we're knocking on the door constantly, just square it. He knew they were there. It's not like he had his head down. He didn't see them. I think he's just he's just had a moment where he's just he's just made a really bad decision. He's been a bit greedy, a bit self-indulgent, and he's he's fucked up. That's it. Sometimes you just got to take your licks, haven't you? Yeah, I think he just has to take his medicine. Chris, um, Ian's made a good point there. That's two or three nil. We're not talking about it. Um, it's another chance, and you know everyone kind of. Ah, unlucky, and we get the next one. Whereas this one comes back to bite us. Um, what was your take on it? Did you think... I think we all think he should have squared it. I think that's the thing. But why didn't he square it? Because every other time we play, these players seem to play with their head up all the time, and the pass is there all the time. It's just this one. It's just a crucial time of the game, isn't it? It's a really crucial time of the game. As Keith said, if we get 2-0 up, they can't play and hope for that set piece. They have to come out and get at us. And that's where we tear them apart. Do you know, as, as, as fantastic as our four have been, and we've been singing their praises last month or so, or whatever, maybe since the start of the season, but, you know, Phil's, Phil's sparkling, Bobby's been in sparkling form, we know about Mo. Do you know, Mane, for me, in my personal opinion, hasn't been himself. Now, maybe he's still... Maybe he's still suffering from his injuries. You know, he still hasn't fully recovered. The sharpness, he was left out a couple of times. And he has been missing. I've, I have felt that he's been a bit anxious in front of goal. He missed a, r- a couple of really good chances in, against Spartak as well, where sort of he blazes it over and then he just sort of, from one angle, he just blasts it where he could have just um, played mm. it across. So he's had these brain these almost brain fart moments where he's sort of not his usual composed self as the others have been. And I think this was just, it was just that it was a lovely layoff that goes unnoticed again from Dominic Solanke, who had an okay game without being poor or very good. It was okay. There was times he could have, you know, sort of done better, but a lot of his players neat and tidy. So he lays it off and then Ox and Salah bust a gut to make options. And this is exactly what Jurgen Klopp wants from his team. To give options, make sure there's options for every defender, midfielder, striker, where, whichever part of the pitch they're in. If it was the other side, like Ian says, I would have been less sort of... Because that's his side. Look, any striker worth his salt goes for goal there. right? But it's on your left side. And he's not renowned for having a left foot or a decent left foot. The only option in, you know, in 90% of this, in that situation, the only option is to square it. It's a tap in and it's two nil and we're coasting. We really are. I would have been confident of three, four nil. But for some reason he lashes at it, man. He lashes at it. And, you know, that was probably for me, I was more angry in that incident than sort of the Lovren incident. The Lovren incident, I thought, 
the referee, referee, I was more angry with the referee. But in terms of the, out of the two players, like Twitter seems to have obviously, as usual, lynched Lovren. But I, I was really peed off with Mane at that incident. Do, do you know what, right? You see it in games sometimes where Mane may, might put that in the bottom corner. And it sounds silly, but I'd still be pissed off at him for shooting. Correct. Because I, 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 think, I think you should always play the percentages in that position. So he's got two fl- two players there in open goal. I can't I remember who it was. Some, someone done it earlier in the season and he scored. And I was pissed off that he didn't square it to someone. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'll always think of, of like the team over yourself. Do you know what I mean? So it's not just because he missed that I was pissed off. I'd be pissed off if he put it in a little bit. It, it sounds silly, but I think that's a bit naive that he should still pass. Ian, do you know on Sunday on, against Spartak when Sturridge was when when the Sturridge laid it off to Mane for the whatever goal, one of the Sixth. hundred goals that we scored, twelve, right, twelfth goal, Sixth right, goal. and I turned and I turned to my mates uh, at the game and I said, I said Klopp, I reckon Klopp has a lot to do with that in training, because the Sturridge of old would no way have taken that option. He was he was on the right hand side. He either would have lashed it with his right because he's got an okay right foot or the kind side with his left now what upset me was Mane who's been playing like the rest of the others who have been absolutely sort of sitting on a plate for each other we love our tappings do you remember we always talk about how many tappings we've scored this season brilliant moves that's what frustrated me and I think I think I think Klopp would have torn his hair out as well you know like but do you, do you know what's do you know what's quite interesting I, I feel like Except Salah, the rest of them have had this period of time. There's always been because Firmino's had it, Coutinho's had it, where they're just just not themselves. They're not comfortable on the pitch technically. You know that they're, they're, they're shanking at things and and it's just that pressure off. And I agree with you 100. percent I think Sadio Mane last couple of games, the Spartak that Spartak goal he scored aside, he has been a bit off key. Do you know what I mean? And and yeah. it'd be, it's it'd be interesting to see. I mean, he's still producing. That's the beauty of him. You know what I mean? He's still got it yeah. in him to produce something at any given point. But, yeah, I agree with you 100% on that one. I think, I think um, we all agree that he goes through, he gets his head up, he squares it, and we're 2-0 up, and we, we go on, and we probably win the game comfortable because Everton have to come out. A couple of things on Mane, though. Um, I do agree with just I think he looks not a yard off the pace, probably a half a yard off. I think that chance he gets against Spartak when he's played through with a deadly back heel by... Uh, Salah and he looks so a fully fit Mane is on top of that ball and in control and he scores and he scores it up into the Anfield road end and that to me there was a little sign in that that he was just pushing himself a bit much when he's usually you know two or three yards further on and he's on top of the ball and he's in control the the chance today look maybe the moment got him it can happen any of us We've, we've just scored, we're breaking through, it could be two, his head goes a little bit, he thinks he has to snatch it, and as well as that, he gets a similar chance, if you remember last season, against Everton at Anfield, on his left foot, at that end of the ground, and he sticks it in the net, and to make a 1-0, maybe that's in his head as well, maybe he thinks, I'll just do the same, I'll make us 2-0, so there's plenty of ifs and buts around it, I'd, I'd err on the side of just giving him, look, give him the benefit of the doubt, you know what I mean, he's missed a chance, you know, it happens as all. Well. But, um, lads, it goes half-time. Everton make two changes at half-time and probably go even more for the defensive if that can even be if that can even be possible. But um, we have a couple of chances, Ian, to put this to bed. There's a Salah header, I think, um, that 
looks a really, really good chance. And we could have been out of sight coming before, well, before the incident we're going to speak about comes up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Salah should definitely score that header. To, to be honest, I thought he did. I thought he put it in the far far corner. And he's proven that he's not he's not bad in the air for a, for a little man. You know what I mean? But, yeah, it, listen, when you're missing chances at 48, 51, 60 minutes, it's not the end of the world. When it gets to 70 and you still haven't put the game to bed, it starts to creep into the back of your mind, doesn't it? They only need one one set piece. And the longer the longer you you're wasteful with your chances, you get a little each miss hurts a little bit more because you start to get a little bit worried. Like we haven't put it to bed yet, we still haven't put it to bed yet, and that's how you go. But it, Liverpool used to do this on a regular basis. We don't do it anymore. There's, I can't remember the last game when Liverpool haven't really put the game to bed through score, and we've get, we've let teams back in because we're shit at the back. But we haven't wasted chance after chance after chance and let, you know what I mean, that's cost us. So, I'm just trying to, to be quite positive, do you know what I mean? I just think it was just one of those days. We didn't take our chance, we, we didn't put our chances away, we didn't put the game to bed. And then, obviously, what we're going to talk about in a minute happened. But, regardless of how many chances we missed, we still should have won the game 1-0. So, you, you can't really, you, you can't really, like, I'm not sure of the way I'm looking for, but you when, when the referee does something like that, it's kind of taken out of your hands, you know what I mean? Whether you miss so many chances or not, we've still done enough to win the game, mate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Keith, we might as well get into it. Um, the penalty kick, or the penalty that's awarded, um, I'm going to come straight out, and I'm not going to be around the bush. There's no way in a million years that's a penalty kick. Um, that's my point of view on it. I think Cabard Leon. It's the softest penalty kick you've ever seen in your yeah, life. Yeah, I think, I think it really no, is fairness, so fairness, soft. It's it is so soft. But what I will say to him is, Cabard Leon gets his body between Lovren and the ball. Okay, yeah. Lovren's hands. He's not. He's not going to go at him. He's, you know, he's just positioning his body. Cabard Leon takes a step into Lovren, makes contact with him, hits the ground, and the referee makes a decision. Keith, I'll put it to you that that referee. Refereeing that game, watching the team having eighty odd percent of possession, and then this team managed to go up the end of the pitch. I think the flow of the game gets to him, and I think he feels he needs to give this team something because they've been completely outclassed all day. That's my opinion on it. Or do you dis- do you disagree? Do you think it is a penalty? <laughs> you know, I don't know what way you want to go with this. It's the, there's quite a few different faces to this one. I'm sure everyone's going to have their own opinions on this. I think it was the softest penalty I've seen this year. However, of course, Dejan Lovren, I look at it a few times and I think sometimes you think maybe Dejan should have jockeyed him and, and just kind of run him out. Others, you look at it and you see actually he's pushed his hand out to him. So it's almost a natural reaction. But Calvin Lewin is 100% going down. There is no attempt whatsoever to keep his balance at any point during that exchange. He knows where he is. And he and, and you could tell by the body language. It says it all. Most players will be able to at least almost jockey the player and stand their ground in the position that he was in. He was going for it all day long. So it was soft. It was very, very soft. And, you know... <laughs> I feel bad for Dan Lovren. I really do. I think he's been very, very well for Liverpool since his um, uh, moment of madness at the at um, uh, well, in Wembley. And I think he's just been conned there. Ref's been conned. Mm. Yeah, I'd agree with you. Because if you watch Lovren, Lovren is running. 
Now his hands are up, but that's just natural, you know. Players there, but Calvert Lewin is the one that instead of going with the, where the ball is going, decides to take that step and step into Lovren. So exactly. actually moves himself into into Lovren's body and into whatever part of Lovren's body is there happens to be his hands. Um, As a referee, uh, you've got to be looking at the at the forward players' desire to actually want to get that ball. Exactly. See, the thing for me is, if Calvert Lewin keeps moving towards that ball and Lovren follows him. Puts his hands on his back and look, Calvert Lewin goes down penalty all day. I'm not even going to argue with you. Exactly. The argument yeah. I have, the argument I have is that Calvert Lewin running on the on the arc of the ball decides then that he's going to take a step backwards or to his side in order to make contact with Lovren and then decide that oh well I've got my body in there and that's a penalty. Grizz, um, I don't know how you feel about it. Um, it has to be soft, Grizz. It really does. I can't look, and that's not me with me Liverpool hat on. It's it's me looking at two men playing professional football and their body movements in that circumstance, and it's it's, it's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous penalty. It's 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 as bad, maybe not as bad as the Henderson one the other day. That's two shit penalties against us. Unfortunately, unfortunately, it does symbolise Lovren in terms of in terms of. How he's not a clever defender, Gav. Any clever defender doesn't even give the opportunity or sort of gives the, the referee a chance to give anything in that situation. Okay, he should read what the forward is going to do. A clever defender, you know, the touch is it's, it's, it's a bare minimum touch, isn't it? It's just a it's a slight, ever so slight touch, and and for a kid, and for for a for an English uh, kid who's not brought up to dive and sort of milk the referee or, you know, use that kind of ploy. I mean, that guy does well, whatever his name is, Calvin Klein jeans or whatever his name is, right? He actually does very well. <laughs> no, he does. Because he, 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 he plays that exactly how you sort of, um, you'd, you'd blame Johnny Foreigner for that kind of dive. You know, <laughs> moving ahead of him, right? Waiting for that racist. touch and over he gone. Yeah, yeah, racist, quit <laughs> waiting, prejudice, quit waiting. But that's but that's what, but for him to do that. He was smart. Lovren wasn't, but it wasn't a penalty. And the referee, again, the referee was, you know, he was just again he was bored. It was another another one of those games where a referee in a Liverpool game was bored because we were that much in control. And I really honestly think. That was probably one of three or four occasions where they got near our penalty box. And that's dominant. And that is dominant. And what we said is, what Keith said at the start is, the frustration at the end and the anger, which we all, you know, were frustrated and angry, was the fact that Everton or Fat Sam is going to be sort of talking up his tactics and how he outwitted Klopp. But really, all it was was fucking defend for your lives. There was no tactical ploy whatsoever in that game for him. I'm not having it, this tactic Sam Maladice. No, bollocks <laughs> to that. What it was, was pump it up towards Lovren and Clavin and you will get one chance in a game. And that was his tactic. And that's the really, really frustrating and angry part that it worked. Yeah. Um, Ian, um, I'll give you the last word on this penalty. Um, and I'll put it to you that Looking at it from the referee, I want you to look at it from the referee's point of view. He has a decent view of it. Um, how does he give that penalty when the ball is where it is and the striker moves 
away from the ball and looks at the defender and then goes down. How how does he how does he in his own mind think? Oh, do you know what? The strike or the defenders presented prevented the striker from getting at that ball or, or has hindered him from getting that ball because he hasn't. Well, I mean, it's very hard to me to put myself on the point of view of a dickhead. Do you know what I mean? Because I am so much not a dickhead. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, we talk about I, that later. Yeah, I think a big part of it is that right behind the, the ball is 4,000 horrible Everton fans. And as soon as he hits the deck, they all go fucking apeshit, as you would expect. And I think, they, I think they've all combined bought the penalty. I think the referee's bottled it. And I just, I can't... Listen, you look back on a replay, his first movement is towards Lovren. Deliberately, it's not towards the body. He steps across Lovren. Lovren's hands up. All right, touches him. Listen, we're splitting ears. If, if that was Van Dyke who done it, if he played for us or whatever, we wouldn't say it was an issue. But people don't like Lovren, so they'll say what they'll say he's at fault. What I will say about Lovren is he's a shit magnet. So if something shitty is going to happen on the pitch, he tends to be very close to it. Do you know what I mean? Either. He'll fall over, or he'll he'll give a penalty away, or he, you know what I mean. It, ten, it tends to be around him. He doesn't he doesn't exude calmness, does he? I think Ian. I think his, rep, his reputation precedes him. That's being honest with you. And, 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 yeah, think, it probably think, does. It certainly think, does. It certainly does. Definitely in the fans. I think. I think. I think I, but I think if Matip, I think that's Matip in that situation. I think there's a hell of a lot more chance the referee doesn't give that penalty. Uh, that's oh, you mean you mean his reputation? Oh, oh, but then, oh yeah, his, his, his reputation oh. with referees or his reputation with with crowds or a reputation with air fan base or anybody else's fan base. I think if that's Matip with his hands barely up and a player moving towards him, I think the player hits the ground. Matip fucking throws his hand in the air as it to go. That's ridiculous. And I think we play on. I think look, I think if that's a different defender, I don't think it's a penalty. That's how far I think if it's a different it. attacker, and I think if it's a different attacker, that they would have got done for diving. I reckon if that was someone like Zaha. If that was someone, you know, yeah. who's, who's known for Ali, if that was Dele Ali in in, in an important game, I reckon the get, guy gets booked for diving. But because it's Calvin Lewin, oh, he's a young kid, he, he you know, he's, he won't go he's down, harmless. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's harmless. Boom, you know, I, I I can believe that penalty. And can I say one thing as well? It's quite Aren't interesting you? that Lovren has taken so much corn, as we say down in London, right? AKA he's taken so you, much... You'll have to explain a lot of these words to these guys. <laughs> I'm so happy you're on, man. I've had Irish and Scouse accents for the last year or so, honestly. All I, I've heard Grizz say in the past that he's ate a lot of corn. I've never heard him say yeah. he took right. a lot of corn. Yeah. Took a lot, lot of corn. He gets, he gets corn in <laughs> He got a lot of stick. Sadio Mane didn't get that many much stick when he kicked Thingy in the face. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's no backing whatsoever. It's like when one player does it, it's like, oh, actually, nah, you know, there's a million reasons why they weren't in the wrong. When Lovren did it, ah, you know, it's Lovren's fault. Fucking Lovren, can't believe it. Da, 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 da. I think that's out of order, to be honest. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's my, it is, but that, that's our fan base now, isn't it? People don't support this, the 11, they support their favourites. Individuals. Yeah. yeah. And Keith, can and I, it's, I, it's, I a sad, it's a sad state of the times, isn't it? It is, but I'll tell you, I said, we said this a couple of weeks ago, You'd worry for Moreno's Liverpool career because no matter how good he does for 10, 12, 20 games, 30 games, six months a year, whatever it is, when he makes a mistake, everyone's going to come down on like a ton of bricks. And you can't have a career like that. And I think Lovren's got to that stage as well. Um, Klopp came out during the week and said, yes, he was bad against Spurs. Yes, he was bad in the fourth half against Sevilla. But overall, 
I can't remember thinking about Lovren for the last six, eight games. Genuinely. Can't remember thinking about him. Can't remember commenting on him. Can't remember having And an even today, Gav, and even today, yeah, he yeah. handled him, he handled him, he handled it quite fine. Everything was fine. Gomez was the standout defender. Gomez yeah. was sort of outstanding. Brilliant. You know, he was, yeah. out, he, was, he was man of the match, I'll tell you now. Don't ask me at the end, yeah? I've already given it to you. Ask me well, a different question. Su- I'm surprised you didn't do it about three minutes d- in like d- you usually do. D- different question, ask me, all right? Because I've told you yeah. Gomez, all right? I'll ask but, you a different question. I'll ask the lads the man of the match. But, but, Lovren, but Lovren was fine and he's been absolutely fine. And it's true, I do feel a slightly so. And Ian, Ian's right, is he fucking attracts shit. You know, if, if there's anything gone, gone wrong and if it's a disaster, Lovren will be involved. And that's, unfortunately, he's tarnished with that now. And it, it does become, it does become psychological, I, I feel. You know, and it hinders his game even more because he's not the most mentally strong, in, you could say. So, you know, these kind of decisions, he's going to be distraught tonight and think, you know, he's cost us the derby. But in my opinion, it's the ref and Mane that have done it, have done the most damage. So it's slightly unfair on him. Yeah, um, it is slightly unfair. Um, Grizz has preempted me there as usual. And um, about the man of the match, I'm going to get to it. Um, but Ian, I'll come to you first on it. And it's a kind of a double barrel question. Man of the match for you. And has today affected your confidence for, say, going in the next, say, three games up to Christmas, Christmas Day itself. So you've got um, you've got West Brom at home, Bournemouth away, Arsenal away. So man of the match and those three games, how are you feeling? Uh, Gomez by a mile. I thought he was outstanding. I, I thought I thought Clavin was very good today as well, though. He's looked he's looked yep. quite good the last few games, Clavin. Uh, but yep. but Gomez by a distance. Uh, okay. The next three games, nah, it hasn't affected my confidence at all. I, I thought Liverpool played very well, very well. Uh, mm-hmm. West Brom at home, behave. If you're worried about that game, there's something wrong with you. They haven't even got Tony Pulis anymore. They got that Blair Pardew, haven't they? So. We'll take them to pieces. Yeah. Wait, a Bournemouth away, Addy? Yeah, Bournemouth away, yeah. And um, Arsenal away. If, if we don't, Christmas Day. Yeah, if if we don't take seven points from those three games, I'll be very disappointed. So, no, I, I was happy with the performance today. I just wasn't happy with the end result. You know what I mean? Sometimes it happens. Not not every every result means that you've played shit. You don't you don't have to throw the baby out with the bathwater bathwater after every game. Do you know what I mean? I thought we played well, but it was just one of those days we didn't finish it off when we got done by a dodgy ref. Yeah, fair enough. Um, Keith, um, same question to you. Um, man of the match and the next three games up to Christmas Day. How are you feeling? Yeah. I'm, I'm feeling very confident. I think Joe Gomez absolutely one of the slickest defenders I've ever seen. I'm in love with him, and you know he's not only doing the most to be in this Liverpool team, that man has got to be in that England back four come the summer. I Keith, tell you that right now. Keith, can you explain to Gav and Ian what you mean by slickest? Because, you know, oh. they won't know that either. It just <laughs> means he's really good. <laughs> he's smooth, baby. He we, don't, smooth. we know what slick means. <laughs> anyway, carry on, just, carry on, carry on. Yeah, no, uh, honestly, he's, he's got to be in that back four in, uh, in Russia. And um, the next three games, very confident. You know, the, the thing is, is that Klopp made changes today, but it wasn't to players that are injured. Therefore, we've got an incredible amount of talent at our disposal for the next three games. I think we're going to absolutely whitewash all before us. Yeah, I'd, um, before I get to Grizz, um, because of that, all the question for him, um, 
man of the match for me is Gomez as well. I think he done everything that was asked him. Um, <clears throat> outstanding performance from him today, and he's been he's been there there about for the last couple of games he's played. So I'm going to give it to him. And um, the next couple of games, Ina said seven points out of nine. He will be disappointed. I think we're taking nine, and I think the um, I think West Brom will look after itself. I think Bomb with the wave. He can kind of quiet their crowd that can can get behind them and stamp your authority on them. I think they're not in great shakes. They're not any great shakes, Bournemouth. And um, I think the Arsenal one is a really interesting one. And I think we're going to go there and we're going to beat them. And I think we're going to beat them well. Um, there's something about it. There's just something about what's going on with Arsenal. The way they can be great one week. The United game set them back massively last week. Massively. Um, they were going in all guns blazing. And, you know, that you know you've done a job on them. And Southampton nearly done a job on them again today. I think I think we have a great chance of going there and beating them and beating them well. I could be completely wrong. We could get fucking done three or four nil, but that's just the way I feel about it. Grizz, lastly, you man of the match is the first question, and the second question is: Is the chicken wing still on offer in KFC, or has that promotion stopped? Okay, look, man of the match, Gomez, right, goes without saying. Even though I thought Ox had a good game as well, I think he needs. Yeah, great show for him. He yeah. deserves. He deserves a mention. Um, people questioned where he would play today. He showed he can play through the middle as well. Uh, showed plenty of energy. His passing was decent. Um, so he deserves a shout out. I believe KFC have got this promotion still going, but it's no point asking me because, like, do you remember my diet started? This was two weeks ago. So, <laughs> so you said you were going again on Monday. Today is only Sunday. No, I don't know. I don't know if the KFC offer still on, but I believe so. But you will not always tomorrow lunch. So. I was gonna. Oh, I can't remember what I was gonna say. Now I was gonna tell you something. Or, you're gonna. You're uh, gonna tell a lie about being on a diet. Probably. You, I, mean, I no, saw no, the no, birthday cake it, you got the other day. It was like it was a three-tier week. wedding cake. Hello, he's had. Hello. He's had four square meals for the last four Come days here, to celebrate his birthday. It's birth week, right? In London, we it's celebrate week. birth weeks. So it was my birth week. All right. That's so that's fine. That's over and done with. A bit of a setback, but I'm back on it. It's Monday. We go again. <laughs> But as far as the next three games go, look, I'm confident. I'll tell you why I'm confident, because of the performance. People, we, could have, we could have criticised Klopp's selection if we didn't play well, and so it was a 50-50 game, and we suddenly made Everton look like fucking Barcelona. We made Everton look like what they are, and that's shit, right? So that's fine. It was just one of those decisions, one of those calls, right? Incidents. As far as the next game goes, Bournemouth away... No, it's not, it's not the next game, is it? West the next Brom. game is West Brom at home. They've got that bastard involved, haven't they? Um, Alan Pardew's back. Ah, oh, man. After Fat Sam, I hate him with a passion, so I really hope Klopp calms down and sort of puts him to bed. I don't want him mouthing it off as well. Um, the Arsenal game's going to be the first the first game I'm taking my boy to. So um, that should be a hopefully, hopefully, I've been a good omen this season. Ooh. I think we've, we've, we've won every single game I've gone to. So, you know, that should be a good, good, good tonic for my boy. If you go to that and you lose, you're just banning the kid, aren't you? Just, yeah, of course. It. I'm disowning him, mate. Forget banning him. <laughs> Anyone can fucking take him up fast. You know, anyway, you're, not, yeah. you're, not, you're not sharing that mega box with him on the way home anyway. I'll tell you, that one you, I'll tell you what, mega box. If we lose, he's getting it, I'm telling you. But listen, um, but yeah, now I'm looking at, realistically, I'm looking at seven points as well. 
I think you're, I don't know where you fucking got nine points out of the way. You're going to be shitting on WhatsApp later on saying, no, we've lost it, mate. We're going to get smashed. Sh- I, I don't know. I don't, sh- I don't know why listen, you fucking this listen, if you want, on, on pod. If you just because you're the hostess with the mostest, you suddenly... I, like, I am surprised that he said nine. Do you know nine points. I'll tell you now, hold on. Because you are a negative bastard. No, I'm not. Now, listen. If Grizz, Grizz, if you want to get down the WhatsApp fucking lane, you can, if you want. Yeah. I mean, go I through all it. your predictions I for the last... Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You've, you've cussed the shit out of me last few weeks. Can you tell everyone why I predicted this week, and I've got it right, so thank you very much. You said we... You predicted a three-tier wedding cake. A draw. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. but yeah, seven points out of nine, I think we're sitting pre... Hello, has everyone forgotten? We, we were in the Champions League draw tomorrow. Is it tomorrow, Keith? Yeah, it is. Indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so let's not morning, forget bro. we're in the fucking last Jeez. 16 of that. We're two points off. Oh, we're two points in third place. Two points ahead we're, of Spurs and Arsenal, I think. Oh, so we're, oh, so we're, we're ahead, ahead of Arsenal and Spurs. Like yep. sort of, uh, Spurs, like sort of the best defender, the best manager <laughs> in the world. We've won the FIFA World Cup, you know, everything, right? So you we're ahead of them. That's a great book, though. That lad, right? you wrote a great book. Listen, I've said it from the start of the season, City will walk it. And the rest is a much of a muchness. And mm-hmm. we're part of the shake-up. Listen, put into context, Scaff, last January, we, 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 we got three points out of 15 in the league. I'll mm-hmm. bet with anyone, guarantee anyone, I'll, put, I'll give a mega box to every single we get, person we get who four. plays with me. We will not, we will not uh, get three points out of 15 this time. I'm telling you, we will, we we will see the benefits of this rotation the resting, you know, everything's in place. Everything's fine, fine. People go overboard, you know, just like I didn't think we're going to win the league, league last week when we we won. I don't think we're going to sort of finish out the top four this week just because we've dropped two points. We're on track. Yeah. That's a fair point. Um, lads, Mate, where I'm it. from, where I'm from, a mega box is a fat bird's undercarriage when she hasn't shaved it for months. <laughs> well, there you go. So I don't want one of them. So there you go. That might and be I your special. But then Grizz is definitely not sharing that with his kid on the way home. <laughs> <laughs> uh, come here, lads. Uh, we leave the football talk there. Um, it's one of those days. I think we can all agree. Um, we take the point. Look, we move on. West Brom. The good thing is the games come ticking fast. As much as it's a ridiculous fucking schedule, we've another game to, to go in, in three days' time and we can put, you know, put this kind of behind us and get back on track. And I think we will. Um, lads, the last topic of the night is... Um, your three favourite sports per- people outside of football. So you can't pick footballers. Um, your three favourite sports persons outside of football. Um, I'm going to leave Grizz to last because I can guarantee he's actually down the other end of the line now going, what? I didn't even what? know this question. When the exactly. fuck did you answer this question? See, see we and we typed it out for him. We typed it out for Who him. Who typed this out? Ian did. Me. Um, Me. And, and we sent oh, it to Keith. Keith I get, did you get the question, Keith? Keith got the question. He definitely got the question. Um, Keith's done Ian, a runner. <laughs> yeah, he's gone. He's gone. He's gone to research as um, favourite sports people. Ian, I'll come to you first. Um, we go around. We go around as, you, as usual. Who is your first um, favourite sports person? Non-footballing sports person. I am going to go for... I, I could have done three boxes, me, but I tried to mix it up. So my first one, I've gone for the Dark Destroyer, and that is Nigel Ben. Okay. I absolutely loved him, man. I loved everything about him. He just used to stand there and trade. He had a bit of a bit of a ropey jaw, but he could bang with both hands. 
his fight yeah. with Jeremy McClelland when when Jeremy McClelland ended up getting absolutely messed Unreal up is one of the best fights I've ever seen. And he was like like a ten to one underdog in that fight. Remember he got put down twice. He was put through the ropes in the first he round. He was put through the ropes in the first forty yeah. seconds. It was an incredible fight. And not just that, it's just his whole attitude, the way he ate Chris Eubank, the way do you know what I mean? He struggled in, in with like mental illness and he's come through that. I'm just a massive, massive fan, like. Uh, so he he'd be my number one, like. It was between him yeah. and Mike Tyson for the for the boxer you, you, position that I've gone for him. You don't have to do it in any particular order. Grace, I'll give you another minute to think of it and I'll give Keith another minute to tone up. Um my fourth one, um in no particular order is um Sergio Garcia, the golfer. Um always be my favourite golfer, always will be my favourite golfer. I just love the way he played the game. Um brilliant player, but you know, technically a brilliant player with so much passion in it. Um if anyone that's not even interested in golf, you'd probably watch Ryder Cups where I'm involved and unbelievable. He pulls out some serious, serious shots, you know. Not the best player to ever play the game by any means, but just my favourite, the way he played it and the passion he had for it. Absolute star. Um Grace, I'll come to you with your fourth one place. Okay, first one's got to be, uh, for me, it's Tyson was close, but um, I'm going to go totally sort of personality-wise, not opposite, but sort of totally different from Muhammad Ali. and uh, Sorry, Tyson, and say Muhammad Ali. I mean, for a boxer to have uh, that much impact on not just only boxing, but sort of just everything in life, the world, you've got to be a special human being. Uh, and for me, he was uh, an absolute special human being. Uh, so he's got to be number one for me, definitely. Yeah, okay. Um, I don't know if Keith's back. Keith, you still there with us? Yeah, yeah, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, sorry. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. <laughs> Please go for um, first, This is a tough one, really is. Um, I'm just going to go on kind of ability, and I'm going to go completely left field from Grizz, who was, that was, you know, Muhammad Ali, exactly that was respectful, made change, did did a lot of good for the community as well as boxing itself. But I'm such a fan of Floyd Money Mayweather, the complete antithesis, oh, oh, oh. the devil yeah. of the, of the yeah, Ali yeah, side. Yeah. 50 yeah. and 0, 50 yeah. and 0, some of the best boxers in his weight category in history he's beat. You know, the, what he's been able to do in terms of the promotional side of things, how he's pretty much making money off every fight that he fight he fought in. Like it's just incredible what he managed to achieve in the sport of boxing. It's never been seen in that in that way in the modern era, and he was one of the best best to do it. You know what I mean? Like he made defending an art, and you couldn't touch him. And it was just it was just a, it's a joy it was a joy to watch him in the boxing ring as many times as we did get to. And and the Conor McGregor thing is probably the the cherry on the cake for that. Honestly, one of the greatest market employees of all time. Seriously. Yeah. Absolutely great. Oh, without yeah. doubt, yeah. He wore that balaclava walk into the ring because he knew what I'd go on in it. He knew he had just teed a hell of a lot of money for an easy night's work. Like, the guy was way above McGregor's level. How everybody thought differently was unreal. But, yeah, that, I'll go him as my number one, honestly. He was, he is, you, you won't get another Floyd Mayweather. No, I'm sure. guys, guys, when Keith said Wagwan, what he means is like he knew what's going on. Chris is like <laughs> fucking you know. some sort of interpreter for some, you know. What, Correct. Where you get it? Go on. Uh, Ian, come on, I'll let you go in. And don't say any strange words because Rizzle fucking could be in with his dictionary. No, fuck, Who's fuck, your fuck, number fuck two? his crazy words. Right, I'm going to see your 
Sergio Maybe Garcia, that. and okay. I'm going to raise you a Seve Ballesteros. Ah, you bastard. Yeah, Nicky, okay. You've done it again. <laughs> Seve Ballesteros was Sergio Garcia 2.0. Yeah. yeah. All over the show. Didn't it a fair way for about five years, and was still yeah, winning he majors. Did, no, he was, yeah, yeah. He was brilliant, man. He used to play shots out of rough that he had no right to do. Do you know what I mean? And he was just, he was almost like, like the Jimmy White of golf. He? he was all over the yeah. show, but he still used to get the job done. He's I loved him, man. He's an absolute loved him, genius. Loved him. I love Sergio Garcia as well, but Seve was just unreal. Uh, like it was Seve and those type of players that got me into the Ryder Cup. I was just, yeah. all, and then when he used to get paired with uh, Olathabal and that, oh, I was yeah. all over that. Me loved all but that. But Sevi, believe it or not, was a massive, um, a massive part of Europe taking it seriously and, and really pushing themselves in it because they were, they were. It was easy for the Americans until until um, the likes of Ballesteros and that turned up. Um, an absolute genius, and he's a great show. The only reason I went for Garcia is because when I grew up watching golf. He was kind of, you know, what going back, it's nearly 20 years ago now, and he was just the, the player that you kind of seen yourself in, you know, but what a show, Alistairis, what a show. Mate, I saw... When, when they won the Royal Cup at Medina um, in 2012, I think When it was. he was the captain? Uh, no, no. Alaska oh, when he... Was yeah, yeah. He had yeah. name on the bags and stuff. It was, yeah. it was amazing. Absolutely uh, amazing. I saw him play a shot once. I was only, I was dead young, like, and he... He didn't have a clear path to the green, so he should have really just pitched out onto the fairway and then, you know, laid up. Do you know what I mean? But he didn't. He, 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 he like he hit it out of the rough with like his fucking driver or something off a tree, deliberately. Oh, and got it, got it on the green, and I was just like, oh my god! It's not easy to get excited about golf because it's just basically people with fat asses and bad kicks in it. <laughs> yeah, but, <I> love it. <laughs> but he was like, he was like rock and roll, wasn't he? In that yeah, sport, yeah. yeah, he was top draw, man, top draw. He was the business. Um, my next one, um, I'm gonna go for Ronnie O'Sullivan, this new couple. Oh, for fuck's sake! Um, the reason I'm gonna go for him is because it is, it is a, it's a hard game to play, and um, there's a serious amount of skill involved. And this fella just turns up and plays as if he's fucking playing in his mask kitchen. Wait, when he plays left-handed, yeah, yeah, five left and right-handed, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, I watched them. It was highlights the other day. Um, I was watching him. He was playing. Oh, the baldy fella. I can't think of his name. Mark something. His name. No, no, not that dickhead. Um, Mark. I think of his second name in a minute. Basically, Selby. this chap. No, this chap misses a red. Fourth red of the frame. Um, O'Sullivan walks up, pots the red, turns to the ref, and says, "Right, what's the prize for one four seven? And he delays. <laughs> he he oh. literally delays the frame for about two and a half minutes. Um, while they find out what it is, he says, ah, forget it, I'll carry on. Starts knocking reds and blacks, they come back to him and they say to him, it's only a four grand. It's only a high break, we don't have a special on the 147. He says, oh, no problem, just goes and clears the fucking table, walks off. <laughs> he's a genius, the shop is an absolute genius. He's the best um, He's the best snooker player I've ever seen play. I've ever seen play, a lot of people compare him to um, Alex Higgins, who was unreal and was was literally drunk playing was a genius as well but Ronnie O'Sullivan's my second um, Grace I'll come to you be your second Ronnie was my second and Ballester is my third so I'll have to change oh, it oh fuck off so because Ronnie Ronnie I forgot to tell you guys uh, I mentioned all the other sports but I was brilliant at pool as well so you know I was <laughs> university <laughs> champion fucking hell University oh, of heard? North London University you of North London you could have played in the Moscow League 
very, very easily. University of North London champion. <laughs> very easily. 2002. God, so, mate. Just... But anyway, but Ronnie's a fucking genius, man. He's an absolute genius. But I'll tell you what, because growing up, um, my hero in terms of snooker in that time was, was Jimmy White. I loved Jimmy White. You compared Ronnie to Alex. Uh, I'd say he was more Jimmy White, obviously. Yeah, yeah, he is, yeah. Yeah, the left-handed, right-handed, of course, you know, yeah. apart from the left-handed, right-handed. I always, Jimmy I always White, feel sorry for Jimmy White. Every time I think of him, I feel sorry for him. Yeah, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, you know. Is that is that because he lost seven world championships or because he's got one testicle? Oh, no, it's definitely the one testicle. How yeah, yeah, that, that, that? that's what I'm How do you know it, that? It, it was just common knowledge, me. I, I hang around outside. I hang around. I'm, I'm best I'm mates with the urologist to the stars. Hangs around outside the crucible, that, he does. Uh, <laughs> Jim, Jimmy, Jimmy was a fucking absolute genius. He played... He was the... I'd say he was the Ronaldinho of snooker. And, you know, just sort of brought a smile to everyone's faces. Yeah, he was not as professional as some and sort of your Steve Davises and your sort of... Um, Dennis Taylor's and, you know, the more boring players. But he, this guy was an absolute genius. Uh, should have won more, but he was pure entertainment. And I think sport uh, is a form of entertainment first and foremost. So, so I'd go with Jimmy White as my second. Great show. Um, Ian, or not Ian, sorry, Keith, we're on to you again. Keith, Keith shouldn't get another one after this fucking Floyd Mayweather shout before. Well, I'm waiting for the next one because if his next one's as bad as that, it's got to be a hipster. It's got to be a hipster show. Gentlemen, 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 like, don't don't hate the player, hate the game. You know what I mean? It's as simple as that, baby. Floyd Money Mayweather, baby. Took everybody's money around. My second one, less controversial, but I just enjoyed watching him play the sport was Pete Sampras. I thought tennis player with that much power and that much technique, accuracy, just it wasn't just, he didn't rely on it, but he had it naturally, God-given talent. No one could beat him in his in his prime. Nobody could beat him. And, you know, it was a shame having Tim Henman had to put up with him because he was just never going to get close to turning Henman Hill into a celebration because that guy was just on a different, on a different level. So, yeah, he's my next shout-out. And yeah, he had the original too. Mofro as well. He did. <laughs> And and the uni bro didn't he have a did he have a uni bro? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah he went. He was out. a hairy man. Him. Oh, he was very. Yeah. I, he <laughs> he looks like, a bit like Matt, doesn't he? It is. He had as much hair on his chest as Grizz has got on his ass. Yeah, that's saying something. <laughs> Again, how do you know that? I've seen your pictures, mate. When you have got those cups you on your skin, you know some as well. fucking weird shit. Proper people, you know, all lads with one testicle and hairy Late nights. Late night CCTV just, from the local KFC. Yeah. I, I just pay attention, man. I pay attention. You never know when this information could come up. <laughs> <It's coming down. laughs> okay, um, Ian, your last one. What's your last one? We better hurry on here. We're fucking. We're uh, Ian Botham. Oh fuck off. Ian Botham, mate. In a sport, I mean, I'm a, I'm a lover of cricket, but let's be honest, it's played by middle class people. And great. It, it, yeah, yeah. It, it's not. It's not a very working class sport. But he was a an, a normal fella who used to smoke weed, get stoned, and he used to just squat the ball over. He, he didn't even have the best technique in the world, and he hated the Aussies and loved all that. And he was just. Mm. He was like the rock and roll, but he was like you know what I mean, like 
the Rolling Stones of cricket in. He was brilliant. So, like I said, I could have went for three boxes, but I've tried to mix it up, so I'm going to go... I nearly went for Flint's off, but I'm going to go with Beefy, because he was the original. Yeah, he was on Question of Sport, wasn't he? Years ago. Yeah, yeah, that's I the one. To, I used to like him on Question of Sport. Um, my last one, um, I'll have to go for someone Irish, because I haven't yet. Um, and it's... Um, I'm not a big rugby fan, genuinely. I don't watch rugby from one fucking end of the year to do that. I might watch the All-Ireland game, and the one player watching Ireland was Brian O'Driscoll. Um, what can you say about this fella? He was unbelievable. He, yeah, he was good, man. Serious, serious like player with a ball in hand. He could kick it. He could he could do anything. But the, mo- the one thing that always got me was he wasn't the biggest chap in the world, but he put himself in anywhere, and he put his head in anywhere. And he he must have been concussed about four times a game, and he just kept coming back on. He scored tries out of nowhere. He had a Lions tour round by a guy literally picking him up, fucking him on the ground, like you know, head first. But um, serious, serious rugby player. I'm not a rugby fan, but just watching him. I mean, you watch him, you just have to admire him for the for the sheer effort he put in, and not only that, the skill he had to go with it. So Brian O'Driscoll would be my last choice. Um, Grace, who's your last one? Yeah, if it was, I'm an old rugby fan, but mine would have been Campesi. He was close. I loved Campesi. I would watch. I would pay to watch Campesi, David Campesi. But because I'm a cricket fan, I have to have to be a cricketer. And mine's probably probably the most opposite of Ian Botham you can probably get. Uh, Imran Khan, uh, my hero, as a growing up as a kid, um, you know, I, I shared his looks, uh, his hairstyle. Um, <laughs> The guy was. You shared his name. All you shared yeah, was his fucking name. And, and he's my cousin as and well. And a bag yeah. of chips. Uh, the guy was a legend. Uh, the guy is a legend. Still is a legend. Um, you know, leader of men. Uh, a true warrior, Imran Khan. I absolutely loved him. And now he's into politics. So he's going to sort of take over the world as well. So, yeah, the man can do no wrong. And he married Jemima Goldsmith or something. What was her name? Something like that. Hey, yeah, He had it all. Who, like, who is your favourite? Ever Kabaddi superstar? <laughs> I'll tell you. Off, I'll tell you off here. Tell me now. I don't fucking know any. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Uh, it's all Sky Sports now, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. all the time, man. It's mental. Yeah. Ain't watch oh, you gotta get into that. Is there any good? My dad, Mate, actually, it's... my dad, and I'll show you guys pictures of him playing it in afterwards. For fuck's sake. Yeah, man. Right. He used to play it back home. Is there any good? I mean, it's just it's like tag. it's like tag, but he kick you. Okay, no, no. It's, it's so like, it's aggressive, it's like, aggressive. It's like chip is that what it is? Like, it's a mad game to watch. We'll like. discuss the rules next week. That'll be one of the topics. I'll okay, just, no we'll problem. Discuss All the right, rules right. of kabaddi. Okay, let me get on the key. Then key your last yeah. word on this. What's your last pick <laughs> for your uh, sportsman? And if it's a kabaddi superstar, that's like an extra. <laughs> oh, I might let you on next week if you pick a kabaddi story. <laughs> I would go with this one, right? Sports entertainment. Oh, he's not going to wrestler. He's got a wrestler. He's got. Oh no, oh, no! no. Let's see if we can guess who it is. Right? The no, most electrifying wrestler of all time. All right, can we get? Can we get? We all get one guess who it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go, go oh, for it. Go oh, for it. I'm gonna. Go, the most electric. I'm going for the Ultimate Warrior. No, it's Good. not that. Rick Flair. Rick Flair. Woo! <laughs> is it Rick Flair? <laughs> No, no, not Ric Flair. Shawn Michaels. Nope. I think that I would have had this guy's poster on my wall growing up. 28 oh. now. Uh, macho oh. Man Randy Savage. 
No. No, it's got to be someone like Bret Hart or someone in it. If you're 28, someone like the around Rock. that era. What was that? The Rock. Rock. Damn fucking right, The Rock, bro. Oh, <laughs> the Rock, for me, is the most, like, honestly, he's a legend. He's a legend. Not only of what he brought to the wrestling business and the exposure he gave, but just the way he carried himself, his aura, the microphone skills week in, week out, you know, the the fact that there is ability to transcend to becoming one of the best actors in the world. But what he did in the wrestling business, oh, it, it, it took it to the next level. Do you know what I mean? And um, yeah, as a sports superstar, as a uh, entertainer, we'll call it sports entertainment, The Rock's my third. I loved him. I had pictures of him everywhere. I wanted to be him. Done the I, the people's eyebrow and all sorts. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the rock. What was um? What was the one Chris's mate that used to be in the wrestling years ago? Um, Yakazuna. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't him. It was um. He was a wrestler. Um. Uh, he was a shake or something, wasn't he? He was something along the oh, way. Yeah. The Iron Sheik. Yeah, that's him. him. That's him. That's him. Bridge just reminds me of him now. Um, Bridge just going around camera clutching people all over the shop. Um, But (laughs) I can't believe he went for a wrestler as the last one. No, it's shocking. That it's shocking. It's unreal, isn't it? For a for a man of for a man of such high intelligence to be bowled over by wrestling, I'm not. I I would have accepted Paula Radcliffe before that for (laughs) (laughs) Um well, anyway, and she shit herself for fuck's sake. Yeah, she um, did, yeah. <laughs> so, listen, i got to leave it there before this gets any worse. Um, that's been the Fatback for episode 15. Keep the heads up, lads. You know, it's a point. We'll move on. We go to West Brom on Wednesday. Keith, thanks a million for joining me tonight. Grizz, same to you. Ian, you know, yeah, great. Great having you, Ian. Um, I've been your host, Gav. We'll talk to you again next week. Over and out. up the grill time to go to total wine and find the perfect flavor to pair with those burgers Ooh, i love their beer cooler <laughs> you love their prices even more wondrous selection helpful guides ridiculously low prices total wine and more 15 minutes could save you 15 percent or more oh that's a cheer we used to do in softball uh what it's uh actually geico whenever someone hit a triple we would wave our bats and yell 15 minutes could save you 15 percent or more but we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Sports Social Podcast Network.